sets me in the head or sets my head right to do this right now i have to sit there like on the car right up here i'm like i'm trying to remember what i was thinking about and now it's like oh good it's finally coming back to me i'm but i didn't have the decompressed time this is weird but now you're a performance artiste so no but i just realized i'm a fucking junkie for being on stage i forgot how the fuck that felt yeah and even without an audience i walked up there and once i started performing and forgot that i was doing whatever it was doing and i was just there and I, it it hit the happy spot like a motherfucker. Hell yeah, dude! Proud of you, proud of you, James. Tee-hee. You handsome son of a bitch. Teehee, you're you're so kind. Yeah, good looking son of a gun. I'm so, blushing. So I re- I recognize something about myself, and I don't know what it means. Mm. Um, so I spent a little bit of money, and I got like the year subscription to like the PlayStation, like super premium, whatever. It was the like, super premium. It was like a hundred and twenty bucks or something Ooh. for the year. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. It's tons and tons and tons of games, and I have to really search around for a video game that I like. Me too. So instead of buying like two or three ones that end up being stupid, because mm-hmm. I've been trying to get into video games for some dumb reason, because you know that's what forty-year-old men do. Yeah, I start getting into video games. But either way, <sighs> so. Up. I already had, uh, is this, I think it's called Sekiro, which uh-huh. is like a shinobi game. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the other two that I got was Dynasty Warriors about ancient China, and then uh, uh, Se- uh, not Sekiro, uh, ah, another one about like ancient Japanese something. Oh, jeez. Like samurai shit. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Ninjas and samurais, I see a pattern here. Yeah, so did I. And that's what I recognized. Like, wait a minute, I don't even really like like kung fu movies or like old movies like that. Like, why do I enjoy it in video games so much? I don't know. You like to sneak around and skulk around and kick some ass with ninja stars and shit? Yeah, I mean, it is fun. It's yeah. super cool. Yeah. But also, like, I got a free download for that uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. The one about the Vikings. And mm-hmm. I immediately was just not interested. Like, <laughs> man, Viking, I could give a fuck about Vikings. Uh, there's no subtlety, man. There's no subtlety. No, they're just like roaming bands of rapist murderers, and they just pillage everything. Like, they're not cool. No, not at all. I don't, yeah. But I realized that about myself was, huh, apparently I like playing as old Japanese people. Yep. Or Asian, I should say, because I think Dynasty Warriors is specifically in China. Well, you'd love, you'd think I'd love this shit because I grew up on, you'd, I grew up on all that Shaw Brothers stuff, the Five Deadly Venoms, all that stuff. I chapter and verse, I love all that shit. But Latin those games, Dragon. Fuck yeah, I still have yet to watch that goddamn thing. I was so excited when I found it. We bought that what like a year ago. Yeah, and I will watch it eventually, and you will hear about it copiously. <laughs> I sure will. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah, you'd, you'd think I'd be more into that, but those games bore the living fuck out of me. Yeah, there was an old one, I think it's called like Way of the Samurai. That was really fun, too. I don't know why. I really like, I guess, like sword fighting. I guess. I don't know. Maybe I should take up fencing or something. Yeah, there you go. Take a spotty dog. I get that weird, like, Filipino martial arts with knives and swords. Oh, like from the raid? Was yeah. it uh, Penchex a lot? No, that's a different. A spotty dog is... Um, have you heard of oh. Eskrima? No. Eskrima is a stick fighting form from the Philippines, but it also, Espadadaga is, instead of using a short stick and a long stick, they use actual blades. And it is ridiculous. Look it up. You, you, you'll be impressed. I'm, I'm sure I will. 
And speaking of being impressed, hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Pfeff, and I'm one of your hosts. And I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts. And fuck you, you got me again. Not re- that wasn't even a good one. That no. wasn't a good transition. I was just trying to move it along. Fair enough, because we could, we would have been there about another ten minutes. Yeah, we were talking about shit that we don't really know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but what we do know about James Indeed. is some horror films. And this week we are talking about one from 1995 or seven. I think it was 97. It says 97 on the Shutter bio. Everywhere else that I found says 95. Really? Yes. Huh. Uh, oh, we're talking about Habit. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by the fucking legend Larry Fessenden. Oh my motherfucking god! <clears throat> Stateland fame, st- starring of course Larry Fessenden as Sam, Meredith Snyder as Anna, Aaron Beal as Nick, and Patricia Coleman as Ray. Mm-hmm. James, yeah, you handsome devil. Tee. How'd you like Habit? Mm, there were so many reasons why I didn't want to like it, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel kind of dirty for liking it. I like it a lot. Like, it's a pretty good movie. It has its problems, mm-hmm. at, which we'll get into. And uh, there's things that I, I would change about it personally. But overall, for a zero budget, effectively. Hell yeah. Uh, like, basically a homemade movie. Yeah, you could tell you could tell they gorilla'd in a couple scenes too, because you could tell those were regular vendors. They They noticed they were being filmed while you were watching. Yep. And it, it's really good. Oh, yeah. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this is one of the uh, beginning features for Larry Fessenden and Glass Eye Picks. Why do they call it Glass Eye Picks, you know? Uh, it's just their production oh, okay. company. And, uh, yeah, I think that it has a lot of uh, very 90s qualities. It's got the... I, was th- I thought a lot about like Kevin Smith and Tarantino early films. Yeah, where all the conversations follow kind of a basic premise, but they're just conversations that they wanted to have in a film. Mm-hmm. It- it's very talky. Yeah, in that way, like almost like a Linklater film. Yes, but regardless of that, I mean. It's fucking Fessenden, man. Well, I will tell you, and it didn't click till just now. I was wondering why, because I was texting you about some of the scenes where they they were making me uncomfortable because they were fucking just like 900 parties. But I was wondering how they got it just right. And then I remembered when I knew the when I was hanging out with the people that hung out with the professors and went to these parties and that. Guess what year it was? It was between 95 and 98 when I was hanging around with the college crews. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in college, but I was hanging out with all the college crews, and I'd be sitting there at these parties, watching people try to out out eccentric each other and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and they fucking pegged that. So, and and the conversations were equally. I, I I've heard not that exact same conversations, but such mundane, weird things that are talked about with such great passion. You, know, you just listen to it, and I'm like, wow. Wonder when they're gonna figure out I'm here and kick me out. Goddamn. <laughs> yep. It, it is. It's a bunch of just straight up pretentious New York City, like, what was it Lower East Side, I'm yep. guessing? But that could and, be any, yeah, yeah, any urban college town that's got, well, you know, any cultured urban college town, I guess. Yeah. Oh, they pegged that right on the nose. So they, obviously he just took conversations they were having. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, Fessenden's portrayal of a blackout drunk. It, it's... Dude, spot the fuck 
on. Exactly. And this is the kind of movie that if you're not actively watching it and thinking, it it probably is very boring. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it is wordy. There's not a lot of action to it. Right. But I guess guess if we want to get into the meat of this. Yeah. Uh, the, the central point of the film, which I think you and I can both identify with super fucking hard, <laughs> is just watching this man fucking disintegrate. Oh, yeah. It's watching uh, a movie who he's not a good dude. Mm-mm. He's not a bad dude. He's not a murderer. He's not a saint. It's just a fucking dude mm-hmm. in New York City and just watching his life fall apart. And one of the things that I... It, it can be construed as boring, but I get really, really into is it's kind of one of those, you know, when you watch something, you're like, well, what is he doing in the meantime? Mm-hmm. Like in between these like massive events that happen, that, that is this movie. Yes, absolutely. I didn't even think about it in that manner, but yes. It's just watching this guy slowly decay. And, and the funny thing was, uh, again, un- unfortunately, uh, having gone through many of the same things as Mr. Pheasant in there. Yes. Watching that portrayed and just thinking about being, having been in that situation where you never really explain, everybody knows you're a drunk, but you never really talk about it. And you never really, you know, people talk behind you or whatever you think you're getting over, you got the job or when you're really sick and you're trying to explain you're really sick and not hung over and you can't, you know, Mm -hmm. all that shit. And just watching, Again, watching how he lived, just trying to keep just enough together to get whatever he had to do next. And I was like, he fucking pegged that so hard. And it's, I guess uh, I was watching just a short uh, looking back on Habit, Fessin and talking about it. He's like, yeah, I wanted to name the film Denial. Mm-hmm. Because Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's him just completely living outside of reality. Right. And just absolutely losing it because... I mean, he's a drunk. Mm-hmm. He's a straight-up drunk. Oh, yeah. His father recently died. Mm-hmm. He left his girlfriend. Or the girlfriend left him, I think. Well, either yeah, way, yeah. there was a breakup in his life. Yep. Things are have changed drastically, and he's spiraling out of control, and mm-hmm. he finds something that's clearly not good for him. Yeah. But he sees as hope and just completely denying the objective reality that everything is going wrong. Mm-hmm. And... It's again, it's very uh, relatable in, in my case because I mean, I've watched this and it, it's more emotionally charged than it is scary. Oh, yeah, but it is scary because I mean, you're watching a man die in front of your eyes. But and I was also faced with the fact that how many times if I made choices that I knew very, very specifically outside of drinking, mm-hmm. very specifically that I shouldn't fucking do it. But I'm doing it. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm there. Fuck it. I'm doing it because I'm, I'm me. You know, or this is, this is the way the wind blew me, so now I have to stay here. You know, and he, oh, my God. It, that's, that's really what I like about this movie. And it's what I really find fascinating also is uh, the character of Nick. It's your supposed friend that's just watching you effectively fade away. But like you said, nobody wants to talk about it. Somewhat enabling him, too, because even when he says, like, you want a beer? Yeah. Because he knew he needed a beer, but it's also, hey, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It, 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 yeah, it shows, it shows unhealthy relationships, too. Unhealthy friendships, unhealthy everything, and still the continued choices that he makes. Yeah. Hmm. It, it's 
a really, really fascinating movie. And on top of that, it, it does something that I don't really care for in that it uh, pretty much explicitly tells us that Anna's a vampire. Mm-hmm. But then it goes back on it at the end, kind of. Because they both fall out the window and she's lying dead with him on the sidewalk. Right, but there's different types of vampires and we we can't... Because remember when the garlic, he brought the garlic and all that shit, thinking it was going to work? It didn't. Because, you know, there's different types of of leeching entities, so it could have been a succubus. Right, and I mean, there was a few times, obviously, where she's in daylight. I think that's more it being a very, very cheap movie and a shooting schedule more than... Right, but then again, we're, we're, we're supposed to intimate, too, that if there are indeed vampire-like creatures, they, they're not going to follow the rules that we know because they're fictive. You know, the, this is a fiction, too, but everything we would know, even in that world, would be a fiction that we read from. We don't know the actual things. Right, and... But then it also introduces, you know, obviously none of this stuff works. None of the vampire things work, and she's also dead on the sidewalk. Now, was it ever... Leading us down the road that she wasn't a vampire, and he was just, through a mix of grief and alcoholism, losing his goddamn mind. Right. Slowly descending back into uh, the the pit of despair that made him cut himself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was it ever resolved because... This movie was, I had to rewatch parts of it because I was uncomfortable or for whatever reason. Yes. I feel like I missed a part because she gave him the figurine. He was supposed to call a guy. I don't know if that was ever resolved what that figurine was. And now I know that that one looked like an Earth Mother figurine, like a Sheila Nagig or a, an actual like a fertility goddess of some sort. That's why I thought Succubus, but I don't know if it was ever actually talked about more in the movie. Yeah, that's what... I was kind of wondering too, is if it, because a lot of it does sound like a succubus, mm-hmm. but then they also kind of explicitly point toward vampire. And I mean, theatrical nerds like that would also know what a succubus was. Mm-hmm. I would assume. I would assume too, but that, I, I'm just saying. I was I, again. I tried to make it even better for me because I was enjoying this movie. I wanted to enjoy it more. So I was probably reading too much into it, but I can't not. So. And again, it, it does lead us down the road of explicitly telling us that she's a vampire, I guess, because uh, when he's giving this speech at his uh, father's thing yeah. with all of his colleagues, mm-hmm. the guy that he's talking to, the gray-haired gentleman, yeah. calls him on the phone and says, I need to speak to you about that woman that you were with right. that came to the your father's reception or whatever. And it's while he's kind of getting the vampire theory in mm-hmm. his head, and with that as well, just kind of deepening it, it leads us down the road of like, well, okay, you've kind of put it out that it's a vampire, mm-hmm. and then to go back on it at the end, it's a it's a '90s thing to do. Yeah, but I you see, know. that didn't even bother me in the slightest. I just like the end shot. That fucking end shot was amazing. And you knew he probably that was probably filmed it at his own apartment and just walked down. Is anybody out there? Good. Drop. Do it. Lay down now. Film, yeah. film, film, film. Yeah, man. And like I said, the footage that they get on this nothing budget, it you can tell by looking at it, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think I looked it up and the budget was 300000 I think it said. Right. And there's a lot of credits. So I this is 
people straight up making their own movies. Do it yourself. Get out there and do it. It's what they wanted to do. They found people that would do it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's kind of... And if you think about the budget in 97... Digital wasn't available like it is now. Almost, I bet you most of that money went for the film stock and the um, the actual printing of the films. So I bet you their yeah, budget was, for anything outside of that was like maybe fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just in that little documentary thing that I watched a little bit of, mm-hmm. it was uh, even Fessenden's like, yeah, it's it's all hands on deck. Our producer operated the boom mic. And, yeah. Uh, this guy did all the cinematography with like two people helping him ever. And, like, wow. and they got it done. I think it was shot over like, uh, I forget, like 45 days wow. or something. But over like three months, it was like a very long, like, hey, does everybody have time to do this? All right, let's 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 get a couple scenes in. And it, it, well, and it makes sense, too, the way they did the scenes because they kept it, they kept it in one area for quite a bit of time and pulled the story in a couple different directions. They stopped and then they set the next one. But I love their transitions. Their transitions were I was just going to say, the, some of the edits on this are fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. man. I mean, I noticed them, but I didn't notice them. They were artfully done, but I noticed them now because I've seen so many movies in, in this manner uh-huh. that I'm like, oh, wow. That, I didn't notice the transition until after. I'm like, oh, we changed. Oh, that was cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or just little, little effects like the hellhounds in the park mm-hmm. with the red eyes. Yeah. Like just that little addition. Like, man, you guys know what the fuck you're doing, and I appreciate it. I don't care how cheap this movie looks. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, it's really goddamn interesting and good. And, and I noticed that when I was watching, you could see some people acting, but there were enough people that you couldn't see acting that made it really good. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I know a couple of them, they were giving it their shot, but they weren't on, either on the same level or they are used to a different form of acting. Yeah, uh, the dude that played Nick, I guess, was trying to, uh, because I guess they had made this previously in like 80s, early 80s, mm-hmm. just as like a straight up pretty much home movie. Right. And the guy playing Nick, was trying to play the previous guy, who uh-huh. was also like the producer. Gotcha. He was trying to play it like him and just be this eccentric fucking weirdo. But he never quite pulled it off. Well, he's a theater guy. So, I mean, if you're talking about, like, you don't spend a lot of time on screen in film. Right. He's giving it the real theater bravado. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spots. I, exactly, exactly. But there, there, a lot of it, I was just, like, intrigued because they just seem like people I know. Uh-huh. And well, the conversations I've had with people, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, like when they're out at, uh, what is it, Ray's grandmother's mm-hmm. house, and they're going out to the ocean, and Nick runs in, and Larry Fe- or Sam is standing out in the shoreline in a blanket, and he's just like, ah, you fucker, and just yeah. runs in. <laughs> like, yeah, man, that's it. it's a real, I don't want to say like slice of life because it sounds corny, but it is. It's just watching what's happening to yeah, this guy. two guys... Fuck, it's cold. I'm going in. Are you going in? No. Fuck it. Oh, I'm going in. Yeah. yeah. We must go to the sea, Sam. <laughs> we must be men. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But yeah, it is really... Uh, almost. It's a very intimate <coughs> film, too. It's very much just from Sam's point of view. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Almost every frame has him in it. And almost every ounce of tension, at least for me, was just from his relationships or his inability to fulfill relationships or even be present for the people that are there for him. 
Yes. And I was, again, I love it when they make me um, uncomfortable, but I can't peg why I'm uncomfortable, be it by set design, be it by writing, be it by... But it's especially nice when I'm, I'm snuck up on like that, too. I'm like, oh, that's why I'm uncomfortable. Because I recognize this performance, mm-hmm. it, it, because I've done it absolutely for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and yeah, just like when the he and Anna are sitting at that restaurant where he's eating, and you know he throws out, well, cause, <laughs> oh, because he's licking the plate, and she's like, "Is that how you clean dishes at the restaurant?" <laughs> and and it's funny because I know fucking dudes like that would be like, "Well, I'm the manager four days a week, mm-hmm. so you know, I, I, I'm not doing." <laughs> Too many dishes, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And just that, you know, watching him at the restaurant when, you know, like yeah. the guy asking for salad dressing. Like, okay, there's no, it's it's not like a, a dignified position that he has. Absolutely <laughs> not. He, he's, he's tossing barrels in downstairs just like everybody else. Uh-huh. But just have, has to mention that, you know, I'm the manager. Well, of course. Because, you know. It, four nights a week? Who, who manages four nights a week? Yeah, and it's, it, it's just very interesting because I I can't figure out... He, I don't think he comes from wealth, Mm-mm. necessarily. His father seems to be... I took it as being like a professor no, here, here's, of some sort. And here's what's weird. I kept waiting because they set up the movie with these pictures of him uncovering things as an archaeologist kind of thing. He's on these trips to go see and, and I thought in my head, maybe he unearthed something that caused this to happen to Sam. And then when I saw the figurine, I'm thinking, it's going to tie in with the dad. And, 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 no. No, not really. But I, I thought that that was going to tie in. I thought that his travels brought this curse, if you want to call it, or brought the attention from whatever entity this was. Right, but what I'm saying is that I, I was trying to figure out because his father has some sort of esteemed position, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I was thinking like a professor of some sort because right. it looks to be when he has to go speak at that reception, it's a lot of older gentlemen. Perhaps he was higher up in some society of some mm-hmm. sort. But Sam clearly comes from money of some sort, not like exorbitant wealth. No, but, but I will tell you what I think happened here because i've seen similar situations his father's a professor right or he's got some he's got some pull with universities okay he's old enough to have probably been out of university maybe three four years in my mind in this one so his dad got pull got him and he's got enough education he's got enough connects that he's hanging around with these crowds because everybody has some kind of tie to that college life right his trust funds ran out. His, his, the last vestiges of whatever he had ran out from the college. And now he's, he's a stumble bum, you know? That's what I was getting yeah. at. Is but I don't think he came from money. I think he came from a situation that was positive, but not like Bucky Bucks. That's what I'm saying. Like, not exorbitant wealth, but like upper middle class. Like, yeah. didn't have to worry about money. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty much that son that, you know, decides that he doesn't want to live that life but he still obviously knows all these old men but yeah he's the son who just went about and uh tried to get into the arts and didn't make it and now is yeah a stumble bum fucking drunk Mm. quote-unquote managing a restaurant four days a week that doesn't he live above i swear he lives above that restaurant it seems like it yeah i have no idea i mean it's new york man that's geography maybe could be but yeah, and that's the other thing that I find so in- interesting about this character is that 
he is rejecting all, I guess, like re- the son rejecting the father's ways mm-hmm. and deciding to just be this fucking drunk. And it's a very lonely position that he's in because his mother's died right. and now his father's died. And it's intimated that he and his father didn't really get along. Right. Because even that speech that he gives, he mentioned something about his father's detractors, which right. ma- made me think that he was higher up in like a academic. Yeah, sense. that's what. It, yeah, it was my guess too. And he has to go talk with all these people that he doesn't really know or like anymore. Right. And it's just such an interesting character to watch. Somebody again who came from this world and has just completely thrown it all away. Is it ever made clear? Because I just noticed this now that we were talking. Is it ever made clear? Because he's hanging out with all these creatives. It's never made clear is if, whether he's ever actively done anything. Or is he just a hanger on? In the uh, sequence where he's trying to tell Nick that he thinks Anna's a vampire. Mm-hmm. When he shows up at his place after they get back from the cottage or whatever. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, Sam, I, you should have stayed in the arts. Mm-hmm. which I don't know if that means like local theater or if that means like just his anything. mother was like in the academic arts or something. Yeah. 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 Cause his mother left him that nest egg as he calls it yeah. that he had been living off of. Yeah. That's another one that kicked me into the ding ding. That's <laughs> I'm glad I'm taking that class. I took that class today or else I would have probably been spiraled into a little bit of depression. Cause I'm like, fuck, I didn't do the creatives either. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. And, like I said, it's such a sad story of him just flushing his life away completely and just mm. not living in the, I guess, the real world. Well, he's living on pause. Uh-huh. You just push the pause button on live. And then if things slip through the pause, he'll deal with it. But other than that, he's just maintaining that same thing. Yeah, because even the uh, the big breakup that we haven't talked about, because Liza is a whole other thing. Oh, Jesus. But it, there's another thing that leads us to think vampire because it's when he's out in the daytime and he starts hearing everything when they're at the cafe. Yeah. But his breakup with Liza, yeah, he shows up and he's just, you know, like, oh, by the way, I started seeing someone else. Mm-hmm. Just immediately right to her face because she's like, yeah, you look like shit. <laughs> and he's immediately like, well, I'm seeing somebody. Well, and, and I remember because we don't, it, it's not a big story anymore. But they were talking about protection. They were talking about bloodborne. They were talking about all that stuff because AIDS was still huge. I, I, yeah, AIDS is still an issue, obviously. But in the '90s, it was huge. Yeah, no fucking joke. Fucking conversation. You didn't just jump. Well, a lot of people did, but most a lot of people and then you didn't just jump in the sack. Hey, you know, we're interested. We're hang out. Let's go get tested, and uh, we will continue this conversation after the testings. I mean, it was a fucking whole thing. Yeah, and they allude to it several times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he's just like, fuck it, every single time. Every like, time, without fail. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, they find a, pretty much a dead kid on a sidewalk. Yeah, and they pick the fucking kid up and walk him to the ha- or take him in a cab to the hospital? Yeah. The fuck? And then bang in the emergency room. Nobody says a goddamn word. They just pick up a random kid off the street and stick him in a cab. The fuck? <laughs> New York in the 90s, baby. No, I understand that, but somebody would still maybe call or somebody would have said, hey, where are you going to that fucking kid? 
I'm saying. I mean, you should. Yeah. Yeah. You I would have. You don't watch two white adults grab a, a young black child who was just in a car accident and run away without going, hey, maybe stop them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think that's theirs. And, um, somebody, please uh-huh. stop that crazy toothless man. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I've always been lucky. Every time I've had teeth knocked out from whatever, they've been back teeth. <laughs> I, I could not help this entire time, too. Mm-hmm. Just being fixated on Larry Fessenden and his insane hair. Oh, my fucking God. That hair was his own goddamn character. They have a film about Larry Fessenden's hair and have it's it. It's glorious. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Did you, the entire time I kept thinking like, man, he looks like Jack Torrance. <laughs> well, I'll, I, that's all I could think of is uh, I turned around quickly. I'm that's like fucking Nicholson in the shine. Right. I was, I, he looked like Nicholson sticking his head through the fucking door uh-huh. is what he looked like all the time. All the guys, the hair sticking straight out and on the sides, like fucking it and shit. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It's glorious. It's glorious. I wish I still had hair, had hair just to do that with. Just a fucking wah. It's crazy. Crazy. Well, yeah, um, I mean, this is one of those movies that I am really, really glad that I watched. Because every time that I turn something on and see that logo for glass eye picks mm-hmm. show up, like, okay, I know there's going to be just like a standard of quality. Yeah. Because everything that we've seen or Fessenden involved in. Yeah. Is usually pretty goddamn good. Well, I will hold up Stakeland as a glorious example. That was pretty much my entry into this whole fucking thing. Uh, also, the House of the Devil. The House of the Devil. Hell's yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jim Mickle and Ty West both work for Larry Fessenden. And, and like, doesn't he fund the fuck out of people? Sure does. It's like. Jesus. And all independent, too. And, I mean, we've covered his film Depraved on here. Uh, me and Hoople did that I was going to ask. I don't remember Depraved. It's, uh, it's his uh, Frankenstein. Oh. Dude, it's really fucking good. Oh, no, I heard the episode. Yeah. I... And that's what, like, as soon as... Because I was thinking about it, like, man, we haven't really done much of, like, Fessenden's work. Like, mm-hmm. his specific work. And I know Habit's on Shudder. We should do Habit. Well, I like his voice. I like... I like the way he brings what he knows to the screen because it was fucking authentic. Always. It's authentic as fuck. And luckily, I mean, if I would have seen like more Fessenden, I would have realized even if I hadn't known that scene, I would have realized it was accurate to the scene because he really brings that in. He, you really feel like you're a part of whatever's happening, that you're actually in the room just watching people talk, just hearing shit out, just going, fuck. And I love I loved how they showed when the guitarist, he went to the boat and whatever. But you watched him progressively look shittier and shittier, and then he wasn't there. And like most half-assed musicians that I know, it'd be a month before anybody noticed because it fucking disappears anyway. And it, that's brought up several times, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, man, has anybody heard from Lenny? Has anybody heard about Lenny? Like, no, man, it's fucking Lenny. Yeah. He probably took off. Like, it's not the first time, won't be the last. Yeah, like, what's the big fucking deal? Mm-hmm. And it culminates into, yeah, him being super-duper sick at that uh, practice. Yeah, or, or whatever. Up, whatever he was doing, <laughs> fucking around with the guitar at that restaurant. And I think that's the last we see of him. Yep. 
until they kind of show him on the boat. Oh, yeah, that's fucked with me. In the dream that. sequence. Yeah. yeah. Good dream sequence, too. Yeah. But in, at the end, Sam is saying, you know, like, well, this happened to Lenny, too. He wasn't feeling good, and then all of a sudden he went missing. And, yeah, it, again, it's clearly stated, like, because Lenny's a fuck-up, dude. Yeah, Lenny is a chronic abuser. Uh, maybe you look in the mirror, little homie. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know why you're sick? Because you fucking drank beer from the time you walked up to the time you went to sleep. And then you had Jameson shots before you went to bed. Of course you're sick. Yeah. All the time. Have a fucking drink. Do something. Either kick it or hit it because fucking this sucks. But that's what I'm wondering. A lot of those times when Anna just kind of shows up, mm -hmm. was she invited? Because we're given everything from Sam's point of view. Right. He's a blackout drunk. Mm -hmm. How many times have you invited somebody to go do something when you were fucked up? All the fucking time. Or you get invited. I just show up and shit. All the weirdest, coolest, maybe fucked up shit in the world that's ever happened to me. Was I was in a situation and I had a choice and I'm like, well, fuck it. <laughs> Only live once. Let's do this. You know? And there seems to always be kind of a reason that she showed up. Like yes. She knew that he was doing the speech at that thing. He told her about it. Yeah, yeah. He probably told her about going up to the uh, Ray's grandmother's cottage. Well, he he mentioned overtly that he was going to invite her. Yeah. Yeah. So And, and then, yeah, he gets weirded out because he must not have seen her show up because he was cutting beans and slamming beers. Yep. I was waiting for what I was I was waiting for the obligatory cut finger scene. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. And when she shows up in his apartment mm-hmm she has the key he yeah. tossed it down the street to her and she forgot to give it back mm-hmm forgot well yeah but i mean there's never really a reason until at his father's house mm-hmm and that's where it, it breaks that cycle of like okay everything was believable but you've really led us down the road of vampire well, yeah but she was invited to his father's place oh no 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 but that's a public event no, his father's apartment at the end. Oh, the oh, final oh. scene. Shit, I got confused. I didn't remember whose apartment that was. Yeah, he was at his uh, father's apartment. I don't know. By that time, he she could have had him in thrall. Didn't need an invitation. That's my bitch. Yeah, exactly. Which again leads toward vampire. Right, but again, it doesn't need to make sense because again, they're inventing what vampires are for this world. It doesn't have to follow any rules that we need. And, then, and I like the fact that they didn't have to explain rules because I've had this conversation before. If you're not going to have rules, fuck it. Don't have rules. If you're going to have some, make them known. They didn't make them known. They showed a couple of them were bullshit. So mm -hmm. they told us that that shit don't work. So I, uh, That's a fair point. That I, yeah. I guess don't over-explain it because we've watched a lot of movies get absolutely ruined due to over-explaining. And I, then yeah. you can start to pull the threads a little more. Here it's like, well, I guess vampires can do that here. Yeah. Or maybe it's a vampire succubus. I don't know. It could be because it's all make-believe anyway, so fuck it. Yeah, good point. So. <laughs> this movie's good. Yes, it this is. This movie's very, very good. I enjoyed it, and I, I felt a little embarrassed for enjoying it because sometimes I like shit that's objectively shit. Yep. And I was trying to decide whether this movie was, I liked it because it was more slice of life or I liked it for the wholeness of it. Or then I started adding up. Well, I like this. I like this. No, I like the whole movie. Okay. Uh, the, again, one of the big problems that I have with this film, though, 
is it is very, I don't want to say like beginning filmmaker, but it's very self-indulgent. Oh, hell yeah. But when I was thinking about it, like, man, if we were going to make a movie, I'm sure like our first feature length would probably, you show it to us 10 years down the line, we could probably go like, oh, we should have cut this, cut this, cut this. Not only that, but if you think about it too, it's like, this might be our only chance. Let's show the fuck off. But I'm talking about more like, there's a lot of the sex scenes that like, okay, (laughs) all right, guys. I think, I I think. This is taking quite a while. I think my boy just wanted a handy in the park because personally, (laughs) he wrote that in. Right, but what I'm saying is that looking, I mean, you could have been like, all right, well, we need to cut this down. We need to cut this down. There's a lot of it that's very self-indulgent. I know, but there could have been more Anna in it. Could have been more. Yeah. Wow, I I forgot that I have a type (laughs) because I've been married forever, but I say real, real pale women with dark hair. Boy, (laughs) give (laughs) all. Nice. Especially with the '90s shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. If she'd had a, if she would have had some tattoos working and a Betty Page, I'd have died. <laughs> I'd have fucking died. <laughs> James has a type, and it's 1995. Hell's yeah. <laughs> hey man, I mean, you get stuck in adolescence. I That's guess. A, that wasn't even adolescence, homie. Hey, you get stuck in adolescence. I guess <laughs> you're about ten years behind everybody else. There you <laughs> Let's go. Let's just say your mid twenties were, you know. Thirteen-ish. There you go. Well, I'll make excuses for you. Don't <laughs> okay, worry. Okay. I got you back. All right. But like I said, I think every part of this movie just kind of coalesces. I don't think there's characters that don't need to be there. There's a lot of, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of edits that you could make to shorten the runtime because it's very close to two hours. I think the only thing that bothers me about this whole film, and it's stupid, but that goddamn archaeology cool archaeological piece and no fucking tie-up with it. If you're going to throw me one thing that's different from everything else in this movie, fucking explain it a little bit. I'm okay with not knowing how vampires work, but you fucking give me two images. Tie them together or don't fucking give them to me, all right? You're really hung up on this little idol thing. This is how my brain works. I'm... I love this movie. I'm hung up on one stupid goddamn thing, and it didn't ruin the movie for me, but I can't let it go. I I got very distracted a few times by Nick. How so? In his uh, theatrics. <laughs> and I understand that that's probably, like, how some of those dudes in the mid-'90s really acted. Oh, I understand seen that. It. I understand that, but that would have been a, I don't need to hang out with this dude. Well, traditionally... um knuckleheads like me like party mascots and that guy knows somebody and he's always invited to the parties and everybody's just kind of like fuck they look at me to say the same thing but it's a whole different story it's like bringing the roughneck to the fancy party that's it because there are several times i think it's that the beginning party scene where people are like oh my gosh sam can still see straight <laughs> holy shit he hasn't thrown up in the to- or thrown up in the closet yet holy shit yeah he can still walk out of here under his own volition wow he he's has a semi-cogent conversation holy shit yeah but then he stole the wrong coat yeah well you know <laughs> like you do <laughs> like like a drunk will do mm-hmm. and that's what i again i keep coming back to it's such just watching Almost every, you feel like it's almost every minute of this guy's life. Oh, I just thought of something else that just bugged me. Okay, go Sorry. ahead. Fucking, he loses that card with her number on it, right? The cat knocks it the fuck down uh-huh. underneath the radiator. He never finds it again. It's never mentioned again. 
No. So, no, it's like, what's the point of spending four minutes watching a cat knock the goddamn thing over if he doesn't A, find it, or B, has to come back to it somehow? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Those are, that's just me. Yeah, like I'm sorry I, to interrupt you. Like I was saying, no, it, it is just a lot of what you would think of as like, man, this is kind of dull. But like when he's sitting talking to the one of the cooks at work, mm-hmm. and like he doesn't feel like he can open up to his friends. So he just starts kind of like spouting his bullshit at what is effectively a stranger. Right. I mean, obviously they're coworkers. They know each other, but, but not like that. Yeah. No. And this guy's like, Mr. Sam, are you okay, man? (laughs) Why are you talking to me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's just watching this guy who might not even have real friends. Oh yeah. Just completely lose his goddamn mind. Or he's alienated the few that he actually had. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Can't talk to them. Why? Because you're fucking drunk. <laughs> yeah, because you fucked it up. Mm-hmm. And I think there was, uh, at one point, they talk about how he used to slap Ray around when they used to date. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. He didn't strike me. Pardon the pun. He didn't strike me as the kind of guy I'd be decking women. No. Or decking anybody, for that matter. No, but like I said, it's it's such a strange characterization because we don't get somebody who's really like, deserving of death right but we don't get a we don't have a hero right in our lead character he's mm-hmm. just a dude and it's it's almost very unusual in that way well if you think about it though now that makes sense because besides being a blackout drunk besides not being a good friend and besides not really existing he's, n- he's never characterized as a bad guy he's unreliable but people still don't mind having him around. That was the only thing, inkling we had of him as a, I mean, a, I want to say flawed individual because he's already flawed. But yeah. it gives us like a, a darker side of him. Didn't need to be there, but it, it added flavor. It added a lot of flavor because now he's more complicated. And, and you change it. He's not just merely a victim anymore. Now he's like, well, he's got an edge. He chose not to use it at any point during this whole time during his entire um, succumbing or whatever you want to call it, he never showed an edge. He never, never stop-stopped it until, you know, until he tried it at the very end, but the whole time up, you know. And so it showed that he had an edge that he chose not to use it, which added more depth to this movie. And the other thing that, again, I, I think we have to lean toward vampire, but it's made very unclear with that last shot, is when they show Liza just dead in her apartment. Mm-hmm. With her neck bitten out, of course. Right, but um, they, from what I, what little I know about vampires, because I'm not that guy, um, but I thought like they can kill their prey so that it won't come back as a vampire to choose to have it come back as a vampire. Yeah, because she and it tries was to get that, Sam to drink her blood. Yeah, yeah, and he ain't about that. No. No. Nah. And that's what, like, okay, so it has to be vampire, right? Mm, yes. <laughs> but does it matter? I guess not. No. <laughs> but I... I I, I really liked, because um, at the ending, we don't know if she's dead, dead. It might be that she can't come back again till the next sundown or something. Who knows? <laughs> so she is laying right out in that sunlight, baby. Right, but I'm just saying, if it doesn't kill, maybe it puts the vampires into a torpor so they can't move. And they can't attack during the day. Maybe they got a certain amount of time. Who knows? Who cares? I'd, oh, man. That dream sequence, though. Oh, fuck. To the yeah. And that's what I'm talking about, is not only is it like... D- did we get emotionally involved? There are parts where I went, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Or with the hellhounds. Where oh, you go, God, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. 
Like, they know what they're doing with a horror flick, man. Oh, hell yeah. And it's I w- so goddamn refreshing. I, w- I wish they had just a tiny bit more budget because I would have liked a little more horror. I love the movie, but if it would have been more spooky, spooky, and del- leaned into that spooky a little more, ooh. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Have you seen, uh, was it Wendigo? Is that how you say it? Uh, the Native American. Right. It's like the Skinwalker. I believe so. It's like the the wind spirit or something is Wendigo. Yeah, that's a uh, Fessenden's film after this. It's, it's got a uh, Patricia Clarkson in it. Oh wow! Yeah, it, I think they got a little bit more of a budget due to the strength of this. Nice. Because man, again, when it popped up in that frame where it's not even in widescreen because mm-hmm. it's that homemade. <laughs> yeah. And everything, and yeah, the beginning shots of them flipping through pictures like by hand, mm-hmm. you know, immediately like. Oh, this is a shoestring budget. You have to be prepared for what you're getting into. But it didn't. I've re, I've seen some real shoestrings that were fairly well done. This didn't feel like a shoestring. You know, it 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 felt kind of like coffee and cigarettes to me with scaries. Yeah, it it does again that '90s fucking feel yeah, it, where it's just conversation after conversation yep. after conversation that's loosely tied in with a general premise. Absolutely, and, and it does it well. It really does. I I was absolutely surprised because I, I I kept expecting because like I said that made me uncomfortable at the beginning because you know I'm relating like a mother. I'm like oh fuck 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 fuck. But as it went on and it got to points where I'm not even relating anymore, I'm just enjoying the film as it is. Because it's not, it doesn't grab you like it's not visually arresting, but the shots are well done and everything is comfortable to watch. The makeup, showing uh, Sam just deteriorating. Oh my God, The makeup is fucking incredible. Because they could have overdone it. They didn't, though. I Until, like, the very end when he mm. goes full Jack Torrance. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was overdone at all. And even then, like, yeah, he might be just real fucking sick. And they got the pallor right. They got the color right. That almost green tinge. Uh-huh. They got the, the bags. They got the bags, and they got the just the, just the light, light bruising it looked like, not the total dark under eyes. Uh-huh. And you could see his posture change. You could tell he gave thought to how he was standing because he was more upright and his posture just went down and down. Even when he sat, he would slump, but he was like almost head to knees as it progressed. And I've, I've been sick in public bathrooms and he, he, he did the right thing. He wasn't on the floor. He, he was leaning, but he wasn't trying to touch the toilet seat. And, he uh-huh. was just, and I was like... God damn. He's trying to, there, there's a man that's thrown up in public before. Yeah, that, he's trying not to be loud and shit, and I'm watching that going, fuck, he got that. God damn. Oh. James, yeah. fantastic fucking movie. Absolutely. It's a. It, it hit a lot closer to home than I thought it would, because I'll be honest, the last time I watched this it was back when I was still drinking. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't, didn't remember how this movie ended. Mm-hmm. It, it was one of those. Yeah. But it was one of those like, yeah, Habit was really good from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Let's actually watch it this time. And I'm really glad that I sat down. And I'm really glad that we got around to doing some straight up Fessenden again. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, we, I'll, I will tell you what, I, we've really run the gamut on different types of horror movies. We really have. I, I feel like I've gotten quite the education on horror movies and who's directing and who's putting out cool stuff and... And that's one of those things that I, they do a lot of stuff that's like, you know, really small, but glass eye picks. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure Fessenden could have gotten a lot of money out of bigger studios. Maybe, maybe not. I mm-hmm. don't know. But he's been doing this for a long time and independent as fuck. And to you, see them care about projects that they work on. Not only that, but to think about having an independent project that funds other projects to last for 20 years. More. Yeah, right. <laughs> a grant might last for five years. Uh, an endowment might last for two years. This motherfucker has set up his own machine to fund the arts. Is that fucking incredible? <laughs> that is ridiculous, man. And that's why like, he's, he is who he is. When you see his name come up on mm-hmm. something... When you start getting acclimated to, you know, seeing certain names and credits and whatever, you see Larry Fessenden's name show up in any capacity, and yeah. I'm in. It's like, if he's even if he's just acting, he had nothing to do with anything, he just, just has a small part in it, fucking I'm on it, man. Yeah, like we talked about uh, <clears throat> briefly, uh, Jacob's wife, the mm-hmm. dude that did a wounded fawn. Fessenden's in it playing like a, a fat, or... Uh, getting older and larger, mm-hmm. like preacher. Oh, nice! With his hair slicked back and everything, it's fucking bananas, and he's amazing. In oh, it. I can't wait! And just yeah, seeing these dudes that like this is what they've dedicated their life to is performance to Hell making yeah. these things that like, hey man, it brought us a lot of joy. Hell yeah! It's just the idea that like the whole idea of an artist collective, man. Just. People just work in, hey, I got this project. What are you doing? What are you doing? I got this much money. Hey, we got this much film. Let's go do this. That's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. God damn. And like I said, I mean, I'm not saying we wouldn't have them without Fessenden, but like Ty West. Right. Ty West, some of his early films came out with glass eye picks. Jim Mickle, mm-hmm. who did Stakeland, who just, he did uh, that show with the Deer Boy. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Netflix. I watched a few episodes. That was pretty good. Yeah, I watched that whole series. It yeah. wasn't bad. I'm not into it because I'm not into like that kind of thing. Right. But like, man, this is pretty good. Yeah. Well, the guy, the guy, the the caretaker guy, the big the big guy in a trench coat. Uh huh. Like, Fuck, that guy can act his ass off, man. Uh huh. I was like, he was that guy. Yep. And it's just it it is it's awesome to see that there are people out there just doing it. Mm-hmm. And doing it the right way and people who need the chance getting the chance uh-huh you know they don't have to wait for an accidental hey horror is big right now um we're gonna give seven people one million dollars to make a movie and if you're lucky you pick the lottery no they recognize talent throw some money at it get a little production work and now oh, fuck yeah yeah and they care they care enough to make a good product mm-hmm. and that's oh man Hats off uh, to Larry Fessenden. Absent fucking lutely. I won't, though, because I just shaved my head. Oh, yeah, you look weird. Put it yeah. back on. I don't like that. I don't have scary hair right now. I don't have my wizard mullet working. James? Yes? Where can people find us? They can find us on horrorvodka, vod- what? Horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us. Uh, we have a Facebook group, Instagram page, and mm-hmm. if you would like, you can go leave us some stuff. Stars. We like the stars. On uh, either, I think it's Apple Podcasts or on your Spotify mm-hmm. app, wherever you can give us a rating. Absolutely. Give us a rating. It helps get eyes on us, and then maybe we can quit doing this shit. Yeah, absolutely. And make movies. There you go. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> we don't know how to make <laughs> movies, but hey, we'll fucking figure it out. Hey, if we get enough money to buy a camera, I'll start next week. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I got nothing going on. Let's do it. <laughs> Send Actually, us a camera. I do have to go. I have a screenplay that I have to go read. So ah, we'll Jesus. See. Who wrote one? 
Uh, we'll talk about it. Oh, okay. But yeah, so hopefully we got some shit in the woods. Hells yeah. It sounds like fun. Hells yeah. Man, now ah. I got to go crank away at one of these old Asian video games. <laughs> I'm going to go home and play. I'm going to go play Diablo again. Dude, that was super on sale. And I was looking at it, thinking about it. I was like, all right. Do it. It's usually 60 bucks. It's like 20 Do it. I'll give but you But how bucks. much am I actually going to play this? Dude, I will tell you. But here's the same thing. I suck at video games. And... If you want it to be a first-person shooter, it's a first-person shooter. If you want it to be hack and slash with swords, you can do that. If you want to build shit, you can build shit. You don't have to. It still works. It's fucking good. And for I was going to say, because hack and slash is fine, but I get really tired of it really, really fast. Mm, they, <coughs> they've got storyline. They've got puzzles. They've got a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a nice all-around game, especially if you don't want to have to spend a lot of time to learn a new thing. Because, man, I Because there's up- no skill trees and shit. I picked up, uh, was it? It was free, so I started playing that God of War, the new one for the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Not the new, new one, but yeah. the newer one. I got so goddamn bored, like, okay, so I just pushed this button and then this button. Like, it, 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 there doesn't seem to be a whole lot to this, and I don't like this. I'm really mm-hmm. bored, and I'm going to put this down. <laughs> well, see, this and this one, the fun of it, too, is you're searching for matched sets. If you get one piece of this armor and this thing... You're you're badass, you know what I mean? So it's fun looking for shit and switching shit out. It's you know. Oh, so it's a real inventory management game? It can be if that's what you want to do. Oh god damn it. This sounds like a it's, barrel of monkeys. Fun fun for everyone. Hey, it's it's whatever you want it to be. It's my glorbo. So so go buy Diablo everyone. Fuck yeah. I'm not gonna. It's an old ass <laughs> game for old ass people. Enjoy. <laughs> I like how at almost 40, I've decided, like, man, I should get into video games. <laughs> Why, you I, stupid asshole? As even older, I'm doing the same goddamn thing. I can't say a fucking word, buddy. We're dumb. Yeah, and we're probably done, too. Yeah, we are super dumb. Good night. I it was getting late. I'm going to get the button first time uh-huh. this time.